live in a world that's filled with suffering. Wars are fought. The 20th century, more people died in war than any other century that man knows of and is able to, it is able to know by recording. Some of the battles that you can read about and World War II, there's even video that you can see, uh, is filled with incredible suffering. Where men and women are shot through and die terrible deaths or live for the rest of their lives maimed or in many other ways hurt. We live in a world where tsunamis come and earthquakes come and volcanoes blow. And and uh, I was uh, reading an article the other day how a man uh, in 76 AD, the famous Vesuvius volcano blew. And uh, a man had survived getting out of there but had an infection and the volcano blew again and, and threw a stone that was about the size of this pulpit and it landed right on his head. And that's where the excavators, the archaeologists found him uh, just a, a little while ago. I was watching my, we moved in with my mom and, and, uh, we've never had cable. She has cable and we've been watching the INSP channel. <laughs> and they've got the old cowboy movies. So now my son wants cowboy boots and he wants to learn how to ride a horse. And he's gonna be just like John Wayne. And, uh, so. <laughs> but the, uh, the St. Jude commercials come on. And, uh, I tell you, I, I've been very close and still may uh, give that $19 a month um, because they, they don't charge anybody who goes there, any of these children who go there with cancer. Um, the parents are able to stay for free. Um, and that's that's a worthy thing. I really do think so. I think it's in Boston. I'm not sure. I think it's in Boston. But they help children with cancer. And uh, one in five children who have cancer will die. We live in a world of of suffering. We've been going through um, giving a reason for our faith with with confidence and having a reason why we believe. We talked about our testimony and how powerful it is that the Lord has taken hold of us, that He took us from unbelief to belief. How He changed and transformed and literally gave us new life. Our testimony is powerful. We looked at the reality of God. By the way, our faith is not in a God. Our faith is in the God of the Bible, the Reality of God is, and the evidence of God is so abundant that a person has to twist their brain in order to not believe in a God. Now, many people do. But if you were to go outside, there are millions of evidence just as you step outside this door. And there is ample evidence in each human being in this place that there is a Creator God. Our faith is not in a Creator God. It's in the Creator God of the Bible in that we believe what He says 
in this book. And the Word of God can be believed. I want you to know you can trust what God has given us in this book. We talked about that last week. You can trust what God has given us in this book. You can believe it and you can live according to the precepts and promises of this book. One of the common objections to God is the suffering that we see. The suffering that we go through. The the death that is experienced by every person who's born into this world. And people will say, if God is God, then certainly nobody would die. Nobody would go through. There wouldn't be these tsunamis and hurricanes and earthquakes and tornadoes. And none of these things would happen. If God's God, He could stop them all. By the way, that's most assuredly true. God can stop anything. In fact, He can keep it from ever happening. God is all-powerful. He can do whatever He wants. And so they say, well, then, then why in the world do these things happen? And the answer comes down to this. We live in a world that is wrought, is marred by sin. We live in a world where sin and sinners rule. (laughs) We like to say that God is the the king of this world. He's not. (laughs) We make... The prince of the power of the air, the devil, the king. We make the creature king rather than the creator. We live in a world of complete unbelief. And and brethren, we live in a world where people do continually wrong things. And by the way, that's who I was before Christ. Before Christ came and entered into my heart entered into my life before He came and took up residence in me, my life was filled with sin continually. And my sin continues to add to the devastation of this world. We need to remember though, brethren, when we say life, we often think of life and death But death is not the end. It's simply a transferring into a different location. When you and I die, we will continue to be and we will be, but we will be transferred to another location. It'll either be a location where we are forever with God or it'll be a location where we will never enter into the presence of God again once he casts us out. It will either be a a place where there is no pain, nor suffering, nor death, or we will die a second death where we will face pain and suffering for all eternity. God will judge sin and it is His right to do so. This is why there is such suffering in this world because of sin, but God has given us the way out of suffering. And that is through Himself, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sin to give us reconciliation with Himself so that we could be forever with Him. 
There is suffering in this world because we have chosen not God rather than God. We have chosen ourselves and other things rather than God. We have given ourselves over to idols and to the things of this world rather than giving ourselves to God. This is what the world has done. And the world is continually doing evil things. We complain about our politicians, and so we should. Do you not think that they do wicked and corrupt things? Sure. No doubt about it. But here's the truth. We could go into any one of our homes, and we'd find wicked and corrupt things. Praise the Lord for Jesus Christ, who saves us from wrath. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, Take them and turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, let me know. We'll get you one. Hell is the wrath to come. But God's wrath is not exclusive to hell. We do see the wrath of God in this world as well. We see the judgment of God upon this world. And sometimes it is a devastating wrath. And we can question why God would do so, but I can only say this, I'm not God. Why would God allow such things? I don't know why He allows them in particular, but I do know why He does do them. It's because of sin and the wrath of God comes down. Upon so he can reveal himself to the ungodly. Take a look there in Romans chapter 1. We're going to start there in verse 18. Verse 18. Paul is the, or the writer, the one who wrote the words down, but by inspiration of God, God, in other words, says this. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, it's very important that we learn how to study. That means that we learn to read carefully and slowly. Because as we read carefully and slowly, we can begin to understand what God is talking about in particular. And often when we hear the word wrath in the Bible, we think, well, God is talking about hell. God is talking about hell, that terrible place where sinners go if they don't trust Christ as their Savior. But I I want to notice, I want us to notice the way God speaks here with its tenses. How does God use uh, past, present, and future tenses in this, in this verse? In verse 18, he says, for the wrath of God is revealed. So the word is is a present tense word, right? It's one of those verbs that God uses and then and we use in our English language to reveal that which is going on at the moment. For the wrath of God is revealed. And so other words, in other words, God is revealing or is in the midst of revealing His wrath. And let me ask you, is that not true? 
as people run from their homes and hope they get back to find a, a home that is not burned to the ground by lava in Hawaii, there is the wrath of God. Where we see the devastating floods in Maryland, there is the wrath of God. Wrath of God that is revealed uh, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now I want to be careful. <laughs> there are some preachers out there that when hurricanes come, they start saying, well you see, that's because New Orleans is such and such. I want to tell you something. New Orleans may be such and such, but so is Providence, so is Richmond, so is Westerly, so is South Kingston and Exeter, and you name it. Uh, you There is wickedness of men wherever you go. And so some of the people on the 700 Club, they'll get on there and, and they'll start talking about how, how this place is so wicked, that's why God did it. I want you to know through the scripture here that God has brings his wrath upon this world because of the unrighteousness, the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And you find that everywhere. You find that everywhere. So when the devastation of things come upon this world, is it the wrath of God? Well, God certainly is the one that allowed it. And God does reveal to the ungodly and wicked His wrath. Brethren, one of the reasons why He does this is so that the ungodly and wicked turn to Him. Now we might say, but some die. That's true. And the ungodly and wicked who have not called upon Christ, if they die through the... the Things that come upon this world, they will enter into hell. But there will be many who survive and will have an opportunity to turn unto the Lord. Many people got saved after Katrina. We're talking last night about men who got saved in prison. One of the, uh, uh, the, the son of Sam guy who was a uh, murderer, he was a, a serial killer. He got saved in jail. I know men, I, we minister in the jail. I know many men who've gotten saved in jail. They've gone through the wrath of God. They've been put in jail forever. I tell many of those men the things that you've done, you should be in jail forever. You should never get out. You might get out, but you should be in jail forever for what you've done. For the wrath of God, verse 18, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. So which ungodliness are we talking about? All ungodliness and unrighteousness. Let me ask you this. Who does that include? Well, if you want to, turn just a page over to Romans 3. Many of you know it, right? You probably have this one memorized. Even if you don't know where it is, you know it. Verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When the the devastating things on this earth come, we cannot say that we do not deserve it. 
We cannot say that we are innocent. They'll say, well, what about the children? Aren't they innocent? David said, I was conceived in iniquity. Not that the act of conception is sin. The relationship between a husband and wife, its physical relationship is not sin. But once the once you have conception, that life, which by the way, once there's conception, you've got life, will sin. It's ingrained in the DNA. The DNA of human beings and of all creatures has been marred. And it does not work as well as it's supposed to. Many people think that we've evolved today because we live so long. Let's take away the antibiotics and see how much longer we live than they did 150 years ago. I tell you, lifespans wouldn't be in the 80s anymore. We'd start seeing lifespans more in, uh, uh, in the 30s and 40s, and you'll be real old if you make it to 50. How many of you here would say, if there weren't antibiotics, I'd probably be dead today? That's me. I'd probably be dead today. If you've ever had a C-section, you'd probably be dead today. You would Nobody would do it back then anyway. I was in the hospital for four days with an infection. I'd probably be dead today. If you've ever had to take antibiotics, you probably would be dead today. Did you know that? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. And Paul is going through the history of the world as he begins here in verse 18. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Every person in this world, God has made himself known to. There's no person in this world that does not know that he exists. It's obvious and evident, and it's also put in them. God has manifested it. He showed them. Verse 20, how did he show them? For the invisible things... Of him from God, from the creation of the world, are clearly seen. And so the invisible things of God are clearly seen by what we can see in the physical world, in the creation of the world. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. People try to make excuses And by the way, most people who say they do not believe in God are trying to make excuse for their own behavior. They're trying to say, if there's no God, I have no accountability to anybody. And so the bad things that I've done, I don't have to have atonement for. I can do whatever I want and there's no one to question me. As long as I can get away with it with my authority, the authority of my country, then I I will. By the way, people will always seek to get away with or or will get away with whatever their their government allows them to get away with. As people are allowed to get away with more and more sin, do less and less people do it or do more and more people do it? Most of you in here probably think the prohibition was terrible and brought about more crime. Did you know that's a lie? There was more organized crime, but there were far more spousal abuse. 
before prohibition and after prohibition. There was more uh, people who were killed with guns or knives or any other thing because most of the time when people are murdered, alcohol or drugs are involved. There was exponentially more crime before and after prohibition. Now, I'm not trying to give a reason for prohibition, but when prohibition was there, did less people drink? Less people did, right? Uh, when, and once prohibition was taken out, did more people drink? Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm just giving this example is so that you know that when things are allowed by your country, people are going to do them. If you're allowed to kill certain types of people, are people going to kill certain types of people? Yeah. Definitely. Any country where you are allowed to kill certain types of people, you there will be people who will go out and kill certain types of people. And the truth is, there have been times in our own lives where if we were allowed to, we would have killed that person. If we knew we would get away with it. Whether it was your own brother because you got so mad at him for beating you at Nintendo. I remember. 12 years old. My brother beat me for the first time in Super Tecmo Bowl. He was three years younger than me. Who was he to beat me in Super Tecmo Bowl? And I took my fist and I walloped him right in the chest. Boy, I tell you, if I had a knife and I could have got away with it, I might have killed him. You know that's what's in the heart of man? You know what Jesus said about hating your brother? You know what he calls it? He says it's murder. I've done that. Brethren, this world and what happens in this world, we more than deserve what happens in this world. We more than deserve it. The truth is, is that if God were to give us what we deserve, he'd take it all out. In fact, when the wickedness of man was so much that it was continually in their hearts, God flooded the earth and only eight people made it out. But through the midst of it all, God always gave time to repent. Do you know how long it took for when God first talked about the flood to when it actually happened? you know how many years it was? 120 years. Do you know what was going on for that 120 years? You will know it was building the boat. The scripture says that he was a preacher of righteousness. You know what he was trying to do for 120 years as the boat was being built? Trying to get people to trust God. And to get on the boat with him. You know how many people got on the boat with him? Just seven other people. All the others that died, they got what they deserved. And brethren, God is giving time to repent today. And he wants to use us to bring the gospel if, P, if Jesus does not come to take us to heaven today, there's one reason. He wants people to be saved and there are yet more people to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Because when we do die, we are not just buried in the ground. We are transferred to another location. Heaven for those who know Christ as their Savior. And hell for those who don't. But whatever happens to us, we more than deserve. And by the way, those who go to hell more than deserve hell. 
We deserve it because of who we are. And God knows without His restraints, we would do wickedness beyond our imagination. And you would, without Christ, you would. You say, no, Pastor, I wouldn't. I want you just to think a little bit about some of the episodes of your life like I gave. I remember when I was taking, I, I was having a bad game in football. I was captain of the team. But I was getting called on holding penalties over and over and over again. And, and the coach took me out of the game. I tell you the truth. If you were allowed to just kill anybody you didn't like, I would have killed my coach that day. And I was cussing and swearing and beating my helmet against the floor. And you say, Pastor, that's you. That's not me. Just think about your own life for a minute. Without the restraints of Christ, the wickedness that we're capable of is immense. And we see it in the world today. Why do people do what they do? Because they think they can get away with it. And our restraint is because we don't think we will. Until we get saved. And then our restraint is not because we don't think we'll get away with it. Because Jesus Christ has died for us. And we love Him. So we obey Him. And we know that His way is best. And brethren, people are going to they're going to confront you and they're going to say, God does not exist because of all the suffering in the world. The truth is, is that every suffering that comes into this world, we deserve as the world. We deserve it because of what we've done and what we think and how we act and what's in our heart. Jesus made a way of escape from this world and from the wrath to come which is worse than the wrath here. He has made a way of escape, and that escape is Christ. And all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our God is good and merciful and kind, and He has sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Our God is good and He does not give us what we deserve. He gives us grace and mercy. Turn over to Jude and we'll close. Jude is the second to last book of the Bible. Verse 17. Jude 17, verse 17. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they that separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. 
and some having compassion, have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted with the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion, power, both now and ever. Amen. Brethren, this is God. He is the one who wants to save with compassion and pull out of the fire with fear. And He wants to use us to do it. If you know Christ today, you are not in danger of fire. We may face the wrath of God upon this world. In fact, all of us are going to die given enough time. It doesn't have to be by tragic tornado or earthquake or some thing that comes upon the earth. We're going to die given enough time. God said that in the very beginning when Adam and Eve sinned, that it's that death would come by sin. And we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The amazing thing is, is that if you know Christ, He will keep you from falling and present you faultless. That is amazing, isn't it? Are you with me? And He can present any soul faultless. Because His mercies are limitless. They just have to trust in the Gospel that Jesus died on the cross for their sin. And believe with all their heart that it's true. There is suffering in this world. And the hard thing for us to say is that ultimately we deserve it. But if we suffer in this world, if we know Christ... We are going to enter into another place where there is never any more suffering. We will go to heaven. And not because we deserve it. Heaven is not deserved by anyone but God Himself. We're going to go there because He loves us and He's merciful and kind. And He wants us there. Did you know He wants you there too? He wants you there too. That's why He sent His only begotten Son. That's why He died on the cross for you. He wants you there. And you're here today hearing this because He wants you there. He wants you to believe. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment.